Steelers kind of weird. Not only are they having trouble running the ball, they're having a little bit of trouble stopping the run. And I know you don't necessarily want to reveal what you're going to do, but is it is it just the fact that they might have been going against some pretty good running backs so far this season, yep. like Nick Chubb? Or, yeah. Or yeah. I mean, I think I think it's like anything. It's a case by case basis. I do think this is a good run defense. Obviously, they've been giving up some runs here and there uh, to certain teams, but. A lot of times they're in tight games, things like that. People are continuing to stick to the run. Every possession so valuable right there, as opposed to you know, building a lead and teams are having to throw the ball to get back in it. So um, I think that's a little bit of it. But I, we view this as a good, really a good front seven that does a good job pressuring the quarterback as well as stopping the run at certain times. So um, however the game tends to lean within the game is how we'll play it. Is TJ, does TJ have a chance to be as good as his brother, or is he, is he almost there now? I can't tell you that I've watched TJ's brother very often. I haven't had a chance to watch many uh, Florida games or anything like that. But from what I hear, they're both pretty good. Wrong TJ. Wrong TJ. Uh, TJ, TJ Watt. That's That's awesome. TJ Watt. That makes a lot more sense <laughs> now. Makes a lot of sense. TJ Watt. Um, yeah, I think they're different, though. You know, TJ's a little bit smaller, plays more on the edge, uh, where JJ kind of floated around and played there in, in the inside a little bit. He's a bigger body. So I think they play differently. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of pass rush moves similar to his brother and things like that, but with a different skill set, a different body type, the way he does it. So um, comparing players is always hard to do just because they're technically they're different positions and they play the game a little differently. But they're both certainly somebody you have to be aware of regardless of where they are aligned. Just watch good enough, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, he is certainly good enough, yes. What have you seen Anton Harrison progression-wise? Is this kind of what you expected? You know, kind of threw him in there and he's yeah. had like Chris Jones week two. Right. He's gotten better. I believe so, yeah, and, and that's part of it. I mean, we talked about it back then. You're a rookie offensive lineman. You're going to face great players every single week. And, you know, certainly this week we have our hands full with T.J. Watt and also Highsmith on the other side. Um, and they can switch sides. They're certainly free to do whatever they want to do there. But... I think you've seen him grow every single week with different things, different situations, whether it be a variety of pass rushers with different skill sets as they play or just the way we want to combo block certain things, all the different variety of fronts you can get presented. So that's the growth that our offense takes. Everybody on our offense takes week to week as we go, but young players, you especially, you see a lot of growth with them week to week as they go. Enough attention to the mental load that those guys, rookie offensive tackles, have to deal with in addition to the physical stuff and adjusting to those. Yeah, I think that that's that's the fun and the challenge of the NFL. Is week to week, it's a new plan of attack. How we beat uh, a team in a certain week is not how we're going to be able to play a game in the next week. And then within the game, your your plan of attack changes based on the dynamics of the game. So quarter to quarter, it's kind of a different game within. And then the fourth quarter, it's whatever it takes to go win. So I think for young guys, it's just that process of every single week come in, learn the plan, learn my opponent. It could be completely different than what you did a week before. Um, so that's that's the challenge of it. And then the length of the season is obviously new to all these guys. You know, their their buddies are about to be done in four weeks, and we're going to be hitting the bye week trying to refresh for the next ten weeks or whatever it is. How has the attention that Calvin Ridley's been getting from defenses maybe helped to open up the rest of the offense? Yeah, um, I think. People pay respect to, obviously, great players. Calvin's a great player. Um, he's gotten certain looks where teams are going to maybe more willing to play a shell, more more willing to cloud to his side one way or the other, more willing to bracket to his side. Um, but again, that's a case-by-case -case type deal. But you know, we're the type of team where we feel like we have the ability to spread the ball around. We have a lot of really good players, a lot of really good skill players. 
that based on whatever matchups you're presenting to us, we feel like we have answers within concepts or within just a scheme to get to somebody else, right? And Trevor, I think, does a great job of going through progressions and finding the open man based on whatever we're calling as it goes. Inverting coverage or bracketing over over Calvin is, is the philosophy just take what they give us, or do you feel like we need to figure out a way to get him the ball? Um, I, I think we certainly need to figure out ways to get him the ball. I mean that that's a big part of it. I mean Calvin is a great player and deserves touches and, and changes the game when he gets touches, but at the same time, you're you're taking something away to give something up. So we, we want to do the right thing and just go where we're supposed to go with the football based on whatever they're allowing us, and maybe it's. You're getting into shell looks. There's a lighter box. We have the ability to run the ball. You're getting into bracket looks, and somebody else has a good man matchup, and we can work that way. But there's certain things that we want to be able to do to allow Calvin to have an impact with the ball in his hand. He impacts the game the second he steps on the field. So whether we're, we're getting him the ball or not, defenses are certainly aware. You see defenses have certain plans for him in different situations. Um, but he's somebody that we feel needs the ball. Seems like NFL team. offenses around the league are a little bit down this year in terms of big plays, maybe um, passing yards, scoring points, just things like that. And what do you sort of make of that? And is it maybe a signal of the defenses changing around the league the past couple of years? Uh, yeah, there's probably a little bit of that. I think I would imagine the explosive play rate is probably down um, overall. I think I think part of it is the defensive lines are so good in this league right now. Um, defensive linemen. There's always a matchup on every single game where you're just terrified of a certain guy, and you got to either commit resources to that person, or we're going to beat the pass rush with getting the ball out of our hands. So the ball's coming out quick. Well, now the ball coming out quick, we're maybe less likely to create explosives because we're not throwing the ball down the field. So my guess would be the average, the, the A dot, whatever, the average distance target's probably down. Time to throw is probably also lower just because people are getting the ball out. So there's different ways you approach it based on who you're playing and what the matchups are. Um, and again, that's kind of what your plan of attack is to win that week. But just big picture, it's probably somewhere along those lines. Right. Trevor's time to throw, I think, was like 2.2 seconds last week. I know part of that might have been to do with his knee. Uh, moving forward, you know, do you expect it to be similar just because of the knee, because of how the offenses around the league are, uh, the defensive lines, Steelers coming up, things like that? Yeah. Do you feel like it's going to be similar throughout the season? Um, again, it's a case-by-case -case deal. If, if that's what we feel like gives us the best opportunity to go win a game, we'll, we'll play that way. Uh, and I think that's also something Trevor's really good at. For a big, long guy, he gets the ball out of his hand very quickly. So, so that's something we try to take advantage of. Uh, we can get it his hands out of his hands to playmakers, which, again, we mentioned we have a lot of skilled players that can do a lot with the football. So sometimes it's to our benefit to get him the ball as quick as possible. Sometimes we want to hold the ball and push the ball down the field. I mean, it's just it's kind of there's an ebb and a flow within a game within a week or week to week as it goes. What's the biggest thing you guys miss offensively when Zay's not in there? Um, I think Zay just has such a versatility to his game that we kind of mix and match it with multiple people. So to get the speed element that Zay has, Ag plays a role in that, or we move Christian and Calvin around to do that, to get the physical blocking aspect, uh, Tim, Elijah, maybe a little bit more 12 personnel, do some of the things that Zay can do because Zay is so versatile for us. Uh, you know, he has a, the vertical threat with the speed. He's got length that we don't necessarily have in the receiver room. The combination of length, speed, blocking ability without him, we can piece it together with a couple other people. And then he's got experience, which, you know, some of those other guys in the back end don't necessarily have. So as the game changes, as the picture changes within a down, you kind of know what Zay's going to do because Zay's seen it a million times. Zay and Trevor have that chemistry, that communication that they go through where 
you're kind of piecing people to do a job that one person did. Um, but again, Zay's, Zay's a huge part of our offense, so certainly that's somebody we miss. Um, but I think we've done a decent job of intermixing people into the game and, and finding different ways or different roles to use those people. It's probably a bigger loss than a lot of people realized when he wasn't there because of all the things you have to do to compensate. Yeah, well, I mean, anytime we're losing starters, great players, then it, you're certainly having to piece things together to play a little differently as you do it. But, um, you know, we're excited when Zay does get back that, of what he can bring to our offense. Close is this offense to being where you want it to be? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that we'll ever get there. I mean, we're, that's kind of what we're chasing is perfection. We want every single play call to be against the defense we envisioned it being against, that we practiced it against, that the right guy gets his depth, wins the route, we throw at the perfect spot. So that's kind of the part of this that makes it fun is you're always chasing that. Uh, ultimately, we want to be consistently efficient and explosive. And we haven't consistently done that. We've, there's times, there's spurts, there's drives, there's plays within drives that were consistent. There's plays where we're explosive, but we have not done that on a consistent basis. So as an offense, that's what we're, we're chasing all the time. Have you ever played a game where you've been perfect? At no. any level? Never? No. Close? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know. There's probably, there's just enough drives here and there, but that's kind of, it's like going to play golf. And I shoot 95 most times, but I part 18 and I want to keep coming back. So it's just kind of that, no matter how bad you play, you end up finding a way to win. And I want to come back and do it the next week. I'm eager to get started again. So it's just, that's kind of what you're always chasing. So, yep.